And welcome to the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Frank Scapatici. Today, we have uh, a different different co-host. We got Adam Parsons, who's our uh, basically the head of our single family business. And uh, John Plumstead is on the beach with his wife because it's his wife's birthday. So Adam, remember to wish uh, Danielle a happy birthday. But uh, Adam, pumped to have you on, man. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. Th- thanks for having me, Frank. Yeah. So today... Um, it's December 30th, right? So it's the end of it's the end of 2021. It's coming to a close. And we're about to exit Q4 of uh, our real estate company. And Q4 is, in my opinion, the hardest time to get anything done, right? No one wants to work around Christmas. No one wants to sell their house or their storage facilities or whatever you're trying to buy. And uh, it's tough to get shit done, right? So I want you to just give me your, uh, like, what have you been focusing on? How are you handling the Q4 Slow down. Yeah, man. Well, 2021, that's been a roller coaster for us. And now that we're in Q4, acquisitions and the single family, we've really focused on our follow up throughout the year. You know, we were pumping uh, tons and tons of emphasis into qualified leads. And that gave us like kind of like a bottleneck in a really big, robust funnel um, when it comes to acquisitions. So yeah, we're just going through the qualified leads, hitting them back up uh, time and time again, and doing uh, lots of follow-ups during Q4. So do you think, um, because single family is all about data, like the beginning of the process is like, how many skip trace phone numbers and overall leads are you going to get? And how many of those can you turn into contracts? Like, do, do you change the strategy on like how many leads you pay for? Like how, how does the strategy change when it's harder to, to do acquisitions? Like how, how are we tweaking the process? Yeah, man, Q4, we've really slowed down as far as uh, paying for new data and so forth during Q4. You know, there, it doesn't make sense to pay for some data, call people that probably aren't interested right now selling their home. So we're, we're going back into the systems and our CRM and going after people that have said yes uh, to us once before and finding out, you know, I'm a true believer. Everybody goes through a life changing event every 90 days in their life. And, you know, we, we hit up our, um, list and we do our follow-up. So we're just going right back into our system, um, into all that data that we collected over the past, you know, three to four quarters. Um, well, heck, since the company has been in existence, um, we've been putting them in our funnel and we're doing a lot of follow-ups and, so yeah, I would say like that's where we pivoted over this last quarter is paying a little bit less on data and just focusing on what we have and really squeezing the lemon there. Yeah, right. Like you can't focus on volume as much. So like focus on efficiency is kind of how yeah. I see what you're saying, right? So from a, from a tech perspective, right? We have thousands of leads, tens of thousands, maybe actually probably hundreds of thousands over the past couple of years that are in our database how, what tech are we using to automate some of those communications and how much can you actually automate from a follow-up perspective? Yeah, good question. Well, I I think it's um, noteworthy to say we also had at one point a call center in our company. We had 17 virtual assistants um, power dialing uh, through those hundreds of thousands of leads and also using SMS and so forth. Um, so that's, that's one reason why we have so many qualified leads in our system. We're, we're a much leaner company now. 
we've got two people on the front end, both virtual assistants. Those are the ones that are calling our qualified leads and also um, finding more qualified leads. Um, so our big systems right now that we're using, we use launch control that does all of our SMS. Uh, we also downscaled that we were on their, uh, highest tier plan that allowed us to send out 50,000 text messages, um, at any given time. Um, so we scaled back down on that. We use uh, drop cowboy, which is our ringless voicemail, uh, platform. And we, we use that a lot with follow-ups, really powerful tool, super passive. And then, uh, we use zoom obviously just as our single dialer. And at the time we had Zen call, um, which was our power dialer. That's when we had, when we had all the VAs in house, we used the power dialer called Zen call. We're about to flip over to phone burner. Um, which allows us to still power dial, but at a much smaller volume, it's probably better for our company. Yeah. And when you say power dialer, can you explain real quick what a power dialer is? Yeah. A power dialer just calls more than one number at a time. Uh, typically three numbers at one time, the first person, uh, that answered the phone, that'll go to the agent that's, uh, on the call ready for it. Um, really good power dialers will call as many numbers as it takes in order to uh, get the person to answer. Um, and so Zencall was really good at that. Phone burner doesn't necessarily do that. It just calls three numbers at one time consistently. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm excited to uh, start up the power dialer or get phone burner back on, on board here. Yeah. We recently, um, I know you recently had like a mini project where we uh, had some Zoom integrations with our CRM. Can you talk about like what that is, like what work we've done there and how it's kind of streamlined your operation? Yeah, Zoom, Zoom has been really, really powerful for us. We started using it at the beginning of fourth quarter here. And basically our CRM, we use monday.com. A lot of wholesalers probably don't use Monday as a CRM platform. We found it really, really useful for us and it works for our company. But basically what Zoom does is it, it's integrated in with uh, monday.com. When we input all of the qualified leads into our system, we're able to uh, pull up the person and click on their phone number and it just calls in on our Zoom account. Um, what's really cool with Zoom is like there's no year long contract with them. We have month to month. So we can always use a throwaway number. It's like 10 bucks a month, uh, fairly cheap. And yeah, it, it's just nice. Uh, it rings like an actual phone. Um, so if you have a iPhone, it has the same interface as like an iPhone would. Um, super helpful. Your lead specialists are able to do live transfers as well. And that's been, that's been awesome because the minute they get someone on a call, that needs to have a more in-depth conversation with me, meaningful conversation, um, they're able to just transfer it over. Um, and it allows me to speak with the, the seller or the buyer um, at any given time. Yeah, I, that was big, man, because like you can use that for lower volume outreach, right? Like if you're, like for our storage business, for example, we're not going to hit 10,000 storage facilities a month, right? In our overall data. It's just, 
that's a that's a ton of storage facilities. We don't need to close that many to have a great business, right? Single family, a little bit different. So we, we're probably lower volume there. And when we got on Monday.com, the concern we had and the biggest shortcoming it had compared to Salesforce or some of the more advanced CRMs that were in the market is it was hard to communicate with customers directly from the CRM. And when we first onboarded it, you couldn't do it, but we were like, hey, screw it. Like we don't want to spend the thousands and thousands of dollars to start up a Salesforce um, instance. But like you figure like now it does it, right? So like now we have this tool, it's 199 bucks a month. And we have Zoom accounts that are like 40 bucks a month and numbers that are 10 bucks a month. And we're like straight up dialing out of a CRM, you know? So what is the total cost of that for the company? It's like, I don't know, $300 a month, 350 bucks a month. It's pretty powerful shit. You know, yeah. people are paying a lot of money for that and we're paying a fraction of that cost. Yeah. Multiple accounts. I, I think another big thing on, you know, just the storage side, cause it takes so long to um, close that deal is, you know, John is able, John's the one that's closing those deals. He's able to keep that same number over those, those years that it may take to close one deal. And so those owners can always call him back on that number. They know right. that's John that's interested. And you can leave voicemails, right? Yeah. 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 It yeah. allows you to leave a voicemail, have a voicemail like it's your regular phone. So, um, you know, even myself, I'll, I'll get calls from, you know, sellers that I spoke with months ago now. And they'll call me back saying, hey, do you still want to buy my house? Um, and again, it, it rings like a normal phone, but it comes up as like a Zoom. Your Zoom rings. Yeah. Uh, so I know the minute my phone goes off and it's Zoom, like it's business. Like I got to answer it. That's huge. That's powerful. Um, and you mentioned before, like they can always call back that number. Are you, is that because you never end up burning that number like a spam because you're making a lower volume of calls? Right. Yeah. We're, we're keeping the Zoom numbers tied to qualified leads. So these are people that agreed to talk with us. Um, so that, that's the important piece, much more lower volume. And then another cool feature Zoom allows us is it allows us to have multiple numbers tied to our account. So we can still, like we have throwaway numbers that we use for ringless voicemail and so forth. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What I'm gathering from talking to you is like, um, like if you're doing lower volume outreach, like you can have a pretty simple stack. That's pretty inexpensive. Yeah. And, uh, like Mon- don't sleep on Monday.com. I love Monday. Um, I think it's, I think it's, a, and that technology improves. I feel like every quarter they make that product better. The um, one, okay. So you talked about the tech. Um, the other question I want to ask you is someone goes into our follow-up, right? They, they either said, call me in a month. They said, maybe, and just maybe you lost contact with them. There's all these different reasons you follow up with a lead. How long are you following up with these leads before you give up? Like, what is, what is the mindset? So once you drop someone in that category or your follow-up bucket, like, what is it, what do the communications look like to them and how long are we maintaining contact with them? Yeah. One, we never get, we never give up on any of our qualified leads, right? Even, even the ones that we've never, uh, you know, they agreed to talk to us a year ago and we never uh, got a hold of like those people are getting hit up by ringless voicemails and text messages um, all the time. So um, what happens, lead comes in our system, qualified lead. And what happens is we have two a- or two acquisition associates. They reach out to the, the people and they give them a call. Uh, these people are uh, Diane and Mario, super awesome. 
uh, really big on rapport building and so forth. And then they have that con- that initial conversation. They, they, they're they really gauging to find out if it's going to be a meaningful conversation for me to have. Um, once they realize like this person is serious at selling, they understand like it's going to be below market value and so forth. They just transfer it over to me. And prior, the biggest change in our company is we used to just comp all the properties prior to having that initial conversation. Um, recently, uh, seeing we're doing much smaller volume, uh, we've held that off. So now I will have a conversation much more meaningful. Uh, I don't really talk numbers. I try to get the feel on where they're at um, with selling their property, repairs, all that good stuff. I try to request pictures. And then uh, after I have that conversation, then that's when I do my comps now. I, I hold off. I, I try to find out where they're at with price and everything, have a way better conversation. And it leads to a, to technically, it would be a third conversation, right? They had one with the lead specialist or the acquisition associate, one with me, and then likely to have one on my follow-up, uh, which is awesome. Again, more rapport building. Um, so yeah, they come into the system that happens and let's say a week goes by and they, that initial week, they don't answer us. So they said, Hey, I want to be called. I'm interested in selling. They don't answer us. They go into a bucket called a wall for us. Uh, it's just a military term, um, absent without leave. Um, but basically it goes into this bucket and then again, they get hit up by power dialers in this bucket. So that's when you're. Uh, Zen call, your phone burner and so forth will come into use because now you can power dial all these people that have been ghosting you. Um, So now it's not the one-off Zoom call. You're just power dialing them. They also get plugged into our launch control, which is our SMS platform. And it's just a simple message. Hey, looks like you were interested at selling your house. My manager wants to speak to you. One's a good time. Um, and then from that point, they get like another 10 days in there where it's just power dialing. We're trying to get in touch with them. After that point, it goes into our drip campaign. And if you're a seller and you're in our drip campaign, you're getting, you're getting hit up on all fronts at that point. Um, we've got ringless voicemail is probably be the best. We change out all our messages and so forth with our drop cowboy. Um, but yeah, they get squeezed into launch control, ringless voicemail, and then we also hit them up with power dialers. So they get hit on all fronts down there. Right. Um, so it's basically like when people get into, go into our follow-up campaigns or drip, we're, they're getting a barrage of messages on all channels that we essentially use, SMS, RVM, cold call. And that's all happening on like more of our speed tools, speed, power dialers, SMS platforms. Yeah. When someone kind of becomes a qualified lead again, then they're, the Zoom communications kick in and you're having those conversations. The one right. thing that, which is makes sense, right? Like the one, those higher leverage conversations, you want to treat them a little bit different than uh, you do on your high volume marketing. The uh, one thing I wanted to repeat, because um, I hadn't heard a wholesaler say that before, is you said you don't comp properties because your first conversation is just straight up rapport and motivation, right? So yeah. you're, you're like intentionally not thinking about price. You're preventing yourself from thinking about price and trying to strike too quickly. 
which yep. is interesting. I hadn't heard you say that before. So on the first call, you got your qual- the guys qualified again, guy or gal, they're motivated for whatever reason. Like how, how are you reintroducing yourself? If they were a previous, they were a previous qualified lead. How do you kick off that call? Like after three months of not talking to them, how do you, how do you, how do you walk into that? Yeah, I, it's funny because I always apologize. I, I always say, Hey, I, I know that, you know, we, we've tried to reach out to you multiple, multiple times. You're probably sick and tired of our, our messages and stuff that we left you. So I'm glad we can touch base. Um, so you're still interested. Let, let's talk about your property. And then that's where I go through the repairs and so forth. And like I said, at this point, like I'm not trying to think of price because uh, something that we were able to do before in our company was hey, I could comp a property and I could talk about price immediately with that person because we were all about volume. Now mm-hmm. we're, we're downsizing. I have to think like, hey, I want a 20K fee on this, not the 10K fee. So now I'm trying to save those conversations after I have all the pictures. Um, because what was happening before is the seller would tell me one thing, we would get the pictures on the disposition side and, you know, then they would, uh, dispositions would be coming back to me saying, Hey, the house doesn't look like, uh, it was told to you, you know, it's not the same picture. So, um, I, we would usually have to go back and renegotiate that on the disposition side. Now that I'm heading both acquisitions and dispositions, I'm just covering the backside of the business, um, and, and trying to reduce those renegotiation deals. So I have them send me the pictures, um, be able to look at the house a little bit better. And I always try to get their price. Um, they're eager to sell. They'll give me a price. Um, so that that's what happens during that first conversation. Um, hey, I'm not here to you know give you a price or anything right now. I don't have everything I need. This is what I need from you. I need these pictures. You know, and I need your, you know, what, what repairs do you think I have to do if I buy this house? Yeah. I mean, what you're explaining is um, kind of the rationale and the reasoning behind really anyone that wholesales. I don't think it's just houses. I think it's any wholesaler, the inverse relationship between volume and margin, right? Because in housing, in your example, by decreasing volume, you're you're not guaranteeing it, but you're highly increasing the chances that this seller is truly motivated, right? Like that's, that's the difference. And uh, we made that conscious decision to decrease the volume because um, single family one is extremely competitive right now. And there's less distress in the market. There's less distressed sellers. Everyone's got equity. That's one thing. But two, um, the marketing is demanding that you decrease the volume because of Verizon and AT&T capping your outbound message numbers, right? So you're seeing a lot of wholesalers go that we're doing high volume kind of pivot back to what you're saying. So it's interesting to see how your strategy is changing because of like what the market's doing, right? Like you, what you're saying is an active response to the market. Super, super interesting. I, uh, I appreciate you giving us the tactics on that, man. I, um, this is gonna be a short episode. So I want to make sure I ask this question before we drop off, but I just want to your top one or two tips for someone who's struggling with follow-up in their sales process like what are like the one or two things you would leave them with if you had to give them any advice at all? Yeah, I, I think the one is you have to bake in follow-up time uh, in in our company and you know where I came from in recruiting and so forth. We called it red time. So this is t- this is time that you allocate strictly for follow-ups. 
nothing gets to step on it. It's absolutely right on your calendar. Um, you know, if you have to do a podcast uh, or anything like that, it goes around that time frame. So allot yourself enough time out of the day. And, you know, that time will look different for everybody, obviously. But make sure it's a good, make sure you're being honest with yourself with that time. Nobody likes cold calling, but it's got to be done. Um, and so schedule time. And then I would say just like, don't, you know, don't give up. You have to have a really resilient mindset when it comes to sales and the follow-up process, because they're going to tell you no. Um, but unless they're cussing at you and telling you to put them on their DNC list, they stay in your follow-up bucket. Um, I mentioned it early on in the podcast. Everybody goes through a significant emotional event every 90 days in their life, whether it's divorce, whether they get married, have kids, go to jail, you know, go bankrupt, whatever, like that stuff happens every 90 days in everybody's life. Um, so you got to keep, keep calling that same person. So resiliency, and then just schedule the time to do it. For sure, man. I agree hundred percent. It's like, um, how do you make wholesaling less of a hamster wheel? Don't always have to pull new data to get new deals, right? Like always yeah. having to pull data to get new deals is the wholesaling hamster wheel that so many people get stuck on. So how do you get off? Follow up, right? It actually is like that simple. Um, sure. Okay. Adam, I, uh, I'm glad we got on to talk follow up. That was the main objective of the call today. Um, I appreciate you coming on. Do you have any uh, parting wisdom at all or, or is that it? No, man. Hey, that's it, everybody. Hey, get after those. Get after the follow-up campaign. Money needs to be made there. Frank has kept us really honest in our company with, hey, we got all these uh, qualified leads in the system. No sense of pulling more data, spending more money. Um, so let, let's get after it. Squeeze, squeeze those lemons. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody out there listening. Yeah, I agree. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's kick ass in 2022. Bye.